The day of the Lord is approaching. What is your role? This is part one of a multi-part series, and this topic came to mind after I woke up remembering a vision that I had in a dream. It might be helpful, first of all, to look up the day of the Lord. Search it on a digital Bible so you have a better understanding of what that means, because that's a specific day. And anyway, it's, it's relevant to this. So I woke up remembering this vision from a dream, and I really didn't think anything of it. I was in the middle of the woods. The trees had no leaves, and it was like I was on a trail, but there were no trails. I saw gentle, loving, cute puppies and dogs. So there were a lot of dogs, but they were all infested with fleas. The puppies and the dogs acted completely normal, you know, like greeting with wagging their tails. One was injured without an eye, and it shied away a little. But the fleas didn't seem to make a difference regarding how the dogs responded. I also saw a person off a little bit in the distance, and she was right in the middle of all the flea-covered dogs, still loving them as they were, petting them, letting them sit on her lap, as if nothing needed to be done about their condition. It was a strange scene, but most dreams are strange. After praying this morning and then reflecting on this dream, I do see some biblical applications of this. So, the dogs are symbolic of people, of all of us. Uh, there are many gentle, loving, attractive people who don't realize they are, quote, infested. They don't know what's in the Bible. They are unaware of their condition in God's eyes and their future, according to what scripture tells us will happen. People are injured, like the dog without the eye and all the fleas, we're struggling, damaged from life experiences. And the only thing is, we're still acting normal. We're doing the same thing that we do every day, the same thing with no change. Yet we're completely unaware that something can be done to change the condition. And we're completely unaware of the condition that we're in. The fleas are symbolic of what separates us from God. It's whatever actions are contrary to God's commands. They're also known as sin, but I hate using that word because that becomes so much like Christian speak. But it is. It's what separates us from God. So anything that separates us from God. Anyway, the person in the vision is a very loving person who accepts all people as they are, which is a really good thing. And we should all try to accept people, all people, for who they are. And that is, like I said, a good thing. However, that person in the dream is not doing anything to help the dogs get rid of the fleas and improve their condition. So that person could be doing something more than comforting the dogs. This brings to mind when sometimes we hear in, um, in Christian churches and from people, they, they, everyone loves to say, it's all about love. And it is all about love. Jesus is all about love. God is love. That is all true. But what people get away from, because they don't want to offend anyone. So instead of being speaking truth, people are just saying partial truth. They're talking about love, but they're not being loving in their actions 
in terms of awareness for people who don't know God, who don't know Jesus, who don't know the future that is foretold in the Bible. And to me, that's not loving. That's just sitting by the sidelines, watching people go to their ultimate death, to their ultimate separation from God, to not having eternity. And to me, that does not seem loving. Of course, we have to comfort people. Of course, we have to accept people in the condition that they are, because all of us are sinners. All of us fall short of what God intended for us. But we can't just just love everybody the way they are. No, that's that's good, but that's not enough. That's not enough for someone to experience eternity. And ultimately, that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came so that sinners, all of us, would be able to, he came for the sinners. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. He came for the people who were messing up so that they could also, we could also be a part of God's kingdom. So the question for all of us in this little dream vision thing that I had, what part of the scene are you? Are you the dog covered in fleas? Are you the dog without an eye, an injured one? Are you the person comforting infested dogs or symbolically people? Are you the person that's observing all of this? Whatever role we see ourselves playing, this shows us there is an action ahead for each of us. If you are the dog, are you covered in fleas? Do you know what separates you from God? Are you reading, studying the Bible or scripture, asking questions so that you find out, so that you understand it? If you are the person comforting others, or if you are the person observing all of this, seeing all this happen, there is more for you to do. Help the dogs, symbolic of the people. Get rid of the fleas, symbolic of the sin that separates us from God. Lead people to Jesus through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. Through becoming an active participant in a Bible study, keep doing good things for other people. But step up your game. There is more to, to be done. Get active in preparing people for God's kingdom. That is the kindest, most loving, most comforting thing we can share with others. Preparation for God's kingdom is this. First, knowing Jesus, knowing of him as in a fact, but not knowing him personally, his character. Um, that's one thing, like knowing Jesus. It means not just knowing him like a fact, like I know he exists or I have proof and he's historical and I know that much, which a lot of people acknowledge. But a lot of people don't know him personally, don't have a relationship, don't pray to him, don't listen and abide by the things that he told us we needed to do. People don't often know the meaning of the stories that he, that he told. He, he told stories for a reason. He told stories so that we would understand what we need to do so that we sinners could prepare ourselves for God's kingdom. He gave us wisdom about God's kingdom. 
He shared all that with his early followers, and then it was documented, written in the Bible, so that future generations could know. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. That means Jesus shows us the way, he speaks the truth, and he gives us the life, the life, the eternal life, that we can only have through knowing him and for what he did when he died on the cross and became the sacrifice for our sins. So the first thing is knowing Jesus, knowing who he is, having a relationship with him. Second, know what separates us from God. And you learn out you learn what that is when you read what Jesus taught because Jesus tells us what sin is and also all the other authors in every book of the Bible tells us what all the prophets tell us what separates us from God. Uh, Paul in all of his letters to the Ephesians, the Galatians, the Thessalonians, he tells us all the things that we need to know about what separates us from God and how we are to live. So that's what you get from studying the Bible. You start learning what is it that separates us? What do we need to change in our lives so that we can have eternity with God and so that we can be the child of God that he intended for us when he created us. And then third, once you know Jesus, you know what separates us from God. Third is committing to changing whatever separates you personally from God. It's different from all of us. Each one of us has our own individual sins. So we just find those out. We find out what they are from the Bible, from scripture. And then when we know what it is that's separating us, surrendering our life to Jesus. That means when we decide that we want to change and live life better, live life as God intended us to live, how God intended us to live, that is what is meant by repent. As a symbol of this decision, that's why people get baptized. So um, on my website, um, I have a study about the verse uh, Luke chapter 3 verse 3 that talks about this so um, if you want to go to this um, to the website to find the link click on the link and study more um, you could find that at ann2705.com anyway from the time Jesus began preaching he said to repent for the kingdom of God is near that's found in Matthew 4:17. Jesus showed us what surrender means. Jesus did this when he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. This surrender to God's will is also found in the one prayer that Jesus taught his followers. And here is what it says. It's in um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 through 14. And Jesus is saying this to his followers. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. 
This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Again, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So we all need forgiveness. I mean, Jesus is pointing that out. He's telling his followers that you have to forgive and your Father forgives. And nobody is perfect. So the way you let them off the hook, that's the way God's going to let you off the hook. And there's a lot of things in here, like because of the old language, um, I had this verse when I was a child, I had this verse memorized, but I really didn't think about what the words meant. So just going back to the words of the prayer, like our father, God is in heaven. So God is not, he's unseen, as Jesus said, we don't see him. And, but his name is sacred. That's something that was in one of the Ten Commandments, too, that, um, we need to respect God's name. And today in our culture, when you say hallowed, that means sacred be your name. We don't respect God's name. We use the word God like an expletive. Um, we, we don't respect God's name. God's name will be respected when Jesus returns and all the people who have spoken harshly will will have a consequence because of that. But it's something that, um, you know, our culture is so much against Jesus. And you really see it when you start studying the Bible. You don't realize it when you're in it. It just seems natural. It's like, no, oh, that's no big deal. You know, everybody does it. That's not true. We got used to it because our culture is so anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-Christ. That's our culture. And if we don't start paying attention we're going to like follow along the wide path that leads to damnation virtually. But Jesus always said, find the narrow path. There are few who find the narrow path. And so this is part of it is studying the Bible, understanding what all that means. So then the next verse is your kingdom come. Well, God's kingdom is going to come to earth it's going to be here on earth. When Jesus returns, there's going to be a restoration of the earth and God's kingdom will be coming down to earth. We are not going to be people living up in heaven. That's a temporary place for people. We are going to be here on earth on a new restored earth and God is going to be living with us. And we are going to have physical beings. We are actually going to be eating and drinking and walking. And we're going to be people like we are, but enhanced. There's going to be a difference. We're going to be supernatural. We will never die at that point. So that's what it means about God's kingdom coming. Then the next line is your will be done. Of course, God is in control of everything. And ultimately, God's will will be done. And the struggles that we have in our life are when we choose to do things against God's will, 
we suffer consequences. And he keeps, he allows us to make those choices. And we can continue making our own choices and not consulting him and doing what we want, doing what we feel, doing what we think is right. But unless we go to the truth, which is scripture, which is God's word, then we will know what God's will is. And anything that goes against God's will will have will have consequences. They will be punishment. The punishment is meant to wake us up, to get us in line. It's discipline. It does say that God disciplines his children. He disciplines us for our own good. He works all things for the good of those who love him. So you have to remember that. The only thing, the only Well, there's two reasons why bad things happen. One of them is a consequence of our decisions. We make bad decisions. We make sinful decisions. And then we have consequences from that. And then the second thing is we could be doing everything right. And this is like the book of Job, where Job was doing everything right, but God allowed his faith to be tested by Satan. And God allowed him to have bad consequences, even though he was a good person, but let bad things happen to see what would he, what he would do. And in Job's case, he stayed strong with God. He got angry at God, naturally so, but he stayed with God. He didn't reject God. And people react to this discipline in two different ways. They either draw closer to God and see, realize, say, oh, I did mess up. I did do something wrong. I need to correct that. Or two, they reject God and they say, I don't want any of you. So Job did the first thing, the first. He he accepted God. He was upset about it, but he accepted it. So then um, the next verse is, on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God is the ultimate ruler of all. So in heaven, he is ruling and everyone submits to him. And on earth right now, We are in this transitional period. Um, Yes, God is still sovereign. God is still the ruler of all. God is the ultimate ruler. But there is one of his fallen angels, which is known to people as Satan or Lucifer or whatever you want to call it. Um, But he has um, he's the ruler of the earth currently until Jesus returns and takes it back. So that's why there's all these bad things that are happening in our world. That's why our culture is anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-Christ, because of Satan's influence. The Bible tells us that. So that's what it is. Okay, then the next line is, give us today our daily bread. Throughout scripture, we will find out that bread is symbolic for, it is nourishment of our bodies, but it is also nourishment a spiritual nourishment, and that's through scripture, through the word of God. So give us today our daily bread. That means give us scripture every day. Give us your word every day. And then next it says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is, again, kind of what he said, like the things that we do to others or the way we act to others is how God is going to react to us. So we do need to be loving. We do need to forgive. If we want forgiveness, we need to forgive others. And then the last line is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
So the evil one is Satan or Lucifer or whatever you want to call him. And this is like asking God for protection. Don't lead us into temptation. We want to stay away from that and deliver us from him. So don't let him get a hold of our lives. And all of that is within that prayer that Jesus taught his followers. And I think if you reflect on the words of it, it really has a lot more meaning than just babbling the words and not understanding what those words mean or not reflecting on those. So then I'm getting to the fourth topic. And the fourth one, not fourth topic, but the fourth thing you need to do, and it's ask Jesus for the advocate, the Holy Spirit, after you decide to repent or change because you want to be with God in eternity. The Holy Spirit will work with you, will help you begin to change into a more godly person. Now, we won't be perfect, not until Jesus returns when we are given those new, immortal, supernatural bodies, but we will begin to change into better people, and we will be prepared for when Jesus returns. On our own, this is impossible. Anybody with any kind of addiction in life will tell you they're, it's virtually impossible. That's why it's an addiction. But with God, all things are possible. That is from Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. You might want to read that. Everything is possible. But you know what? In our hearts, we have to make a change. We have to decide that we want to let God in it. We want to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. Then the Holy Spirit will do it. He will work with us to make that change, to prepare ourselves for the day, for that day, uh, the day of the Lord that is coming. And then fifth, stay connected to God. This also goes back to the prayer that Jesus taught us when it talked about giving us our daily bread. Stay connected to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, through daily prayer, reading scripture, and I would even say studying scripture too, because if you just read the words, if you're not studying or reflecting on what does that mean, you know, go slow. First, like when I first read the Bible, I went through it as fast as possible because I wanted to have the big picture. What is in here? What does it say? And I did get a good overview. And then since then, I've been studying it very slowly and reflecting on every single line and trying to understand or seeking more to, to understand if there was something confusing, like what does that mean? And you can certainly find a lot of that through uh, theologians, people who have doctorates in theology, uh, people who study eschatology for end times prophecy. There are so many people that are out there and um, you can get different opinions out there, but always go back to God's word, the Bible, and make sure that it doesn't contradict what's in the Bible. So go ahead and listen to other people, but take whatever they say as an opinion, and then go back to God's word and say, does God's word support what they're saying? But that helps study, obviously. And then, you know, after you've done these things, then you help others to do the same thing. This is the most loving thing we can do for others, sharing God's kingdom, which is eternity with others, so they can prepare themselves with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then you just rest and enjoy all that God has planned for us. And if you want to know what God has planned for us, read Revelation chapters 21 and 22. 
So those are really great chapters, just two chapters at the end of the Bible that tell us, give us a little glimpse of what God has planned. So going back to, there's like five steps. First, know Jesus. Second, know what separates us from God. Third, commit to change and get baptized. Then fourth, ask for the Holy Spirit from Jesus. Jesus gives it through the Father. And then fifth, stay connected to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit through daily prayer and reading and studying scripture. And the reading and studying scripture is also in John 15. So hopefully um, this was beneficial to you. This article is part one of a multi-part series that's going to be focusing on the day of the Lord and advanced preparation. So you can follow this podcast or go to the website if you want to continue the series. And the website is ANNM2705.com. Thank you.